0: Welcome to Get Your Shift Together, hosted by Michelle Ferrari. As an executive and leadership coach, Michelle's mission is to support you on your leadership journey, whether you lead a team of 5,000 or are seeking to improve your own self-leadership. Michelle's approach is to guide you in understanding the impact of your choices and actions and help you shift those choices and actions to align with your goals. Michelle's humor and expertise will leave you wanting more. I hope you're ready to jump in because it's time to get your shift together. You're probably wondering, this voice sounds a little different. I assure you I am not Michelle, but Michelle is here. I am Jordan Harding and Michelle's asked me to co-host a few episodes with her and I am honored. Uh, so thanks for the invite Michelle.
1: My pleasure. Your voice and my voice does you know that's my morning voice so people could <laughs> people could get us confused.
0: There you go, yeah, for
1: sure they could.
0: So today, you know, I would like to speak with you about where do we go from here and where leaders go from here and you in your work speak with a lot of leaders. So, you know, on March 11th, 2020, (laughs) uh, the World Health Organization declared coronavirus a global pandemic. So it's been over a year, like a week over a year. And, yeah. and I can't believe we've been living through a pandemic for a year. And I can't even also- believe
1: that we're experiencing a pandemic. Like, it feels like it's a movie thing. Like never in my wildest dreams did I think a, a global pandemic would be a real thing. I just, that's just wasn't on my, I was like, no, come on. We're medically proficient. Like, so I, I'm still not even used to the fact that The word pandemic and global pandemic is being used, but that's just me.
0: It's crazy if you think about it. And I mean, that could be a whole other topic. We all saw (laughs) this, we all saw this start, and I don't think we wanted to admit that it was going to become a global Uh, pandemic.
1: uh
0: Uh-huh. You know, after a year, how are you doing? And where is your level of optimism? Oh, those are two questions. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's start with how you're doing.
1: I am mediocre to Midland. So (laughs) there's a great book called Good to Great. And uh, I always said I was going to write a book called Mediocre to Midland. Um, I'm like a lot of other leaders that I'm speaking to right now, which is um, I am using all the tools in my toolkit. To stay on course. And I, I um, in the last three weeks in particular, I've noticed a change in myself of just sort of low grade mood shift. And it's taking a lot more energy to get some simple things done. And that's the conversation that I'm having across the board. So whether people are in C suites or aspiring to C suites, um, I'm pretty much the only person in their life where they're admitting, wow, I I am not feeling the love these days. I'm I'm frustrated, I'm struggling, and my mood is my mood is low. And, and I'm experiencing the same thing for sure.
0: Are you noticing like when you think about where we are right now and where leaders are right now? what are other themes and similarities that they're kind of opening up about?
1: So certainly a lot more family issues are coming to the forefront. So, you know, as much and, I, and a lot of people joke about it, but the reality is, it's true. Um, I'm with my family 24 seven, and I never signed up for that. And people are going a bit stir crazy with that. And there's an inherent boredom in that as well. Like when you're never separated from the people that you love, there's, taking a lot of the mystery out of life. There's nothing to talk to your significant other about at the dinner table because they were with you the whole day. So there's a lot of family issues we're discussing. There's a lot of, you know, we're in close quarters and getting on each other's nerves for sure. Women in particular. um, And I have to say, because it's 2021, that that does break my heart. And the reality is, there are a lot of great men out there who are quote-unquote, helping, and yet in 2021, women still bear the brunt of child-rearing, homeschooling responsibilities, for the most part. And all the men right now that are saying, I've been doing it, I get it, but you're not in the majority. And I've seen a lot of very strong women, senior women, in overwhelm, and that really breaks my heart. That really breaks my heart because they're at the point where they're saying I can't do it all. Um, so that's certainly a theme. And uh, I think job pressure. <clears throat> so interestingly, a lot of the organizations that I work with, so so I'm not working with restaurant owners. I'm not working with small businesses. And and I understand that the, the pain and the stress, I can't even imagine those people, what they're going through. But a lot of businesses are doing for whatever reason, and we won't go into that very, very well. And what's happened with that is because there's no delineation between work and home anymore, you have a lot of people who have increased their their time in the office by like 20%. And they were already working a lot.
0: I think I read this either in your blog or someone else's blog, but he said they're really. You read ability- other people's
1: blogs, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I thought we had a thing. I'm
0: pretty sure in your blog it was the rare ability of leaders to confront the brutal facts. That was me. That yeah, was you. So, are people confronting the brutal facts and trying to figure out h- how they're going to move beyond this? Or do you think a lot of people are trying to ignore how tough it is right now? Like, are people B. feeling their emotions? B.
1: And look, <clears throat> confronting your emotions is, a, is an actual skill set. And, and I'm a, a big proponent of the fact that we don't teach people how to do this because it's, it's not a natural skill set. So, and I think that we're, oh, there's so many ideas around this, Jordan. We're, we're in a time of transition. So m- my belief and outlook is that we are moving from an old school leadership leadership philosophy of command and control Right. I rose to the top. I'm in power. People like I'm very busy. I'm very important. And people need to serve me and and serve the the objectives of the organization to a service based leadership model, which I'm a huge proponent of, which which says the higher up you go, the more you're in service to the people that are going to help you get where you want the organization to go. So we're in transition. So we have a lot of people still in the old model inherent in the in the first way in the old way is a typical masculine sort of patriarchal energy which is just move through it buckle down get her done and it's very financially oriented so financial being the number one, and often the only (laughs) metric. And so that doesn't create space for emotions and and where emotions play, obviously. So I think there, I'm, I'm working with a few companies who are doing an exceptional job at putting their employees first and really understanding the potential impact that this pandemic is having on their employees and recognizing that that has to be their number one focus in order to get everything else done but they are the exception so a lot of people are I, you know there's there's a financial management company that I know of that <laughs> considers itself a, an essential service and ordered its employees back to work downtown which is in direct contravention to what the public health officials are saying they're and and it makes their employees feel really lost and out of control, which then exacerbates uh, the general stress that they're they're feeling. So I think leaders in general could be doing a much better job at one, confronting their own feelings because that's a requirement. As I've said many times um, to my listeners and, and my audience, self-leadership before organizational leadership. So you got to figure out what's going on inside of you if you want to effectively lead the troops. And we need to up that ante. We need to, we really need to increase that tool set.
0: I think it was in your podcast back in September, starting anew, you talked about how leaders need to lead towards a land of possibility and they need to be imaginary. So when you're speaking with people about the things they're going through now and how hard it is, how do you and your position, try to put them in a place where they are going to be able to lead to that future of possibility?
1: The number one thing that I say to people is because the environment's changed, it doesn't mean the vision has changed. So the you need to stay connected to your vision in its specific detail, that that picture of where we want to go to, you're not changing that. What you're changing perhaps is the how you're going to get there. And because so many leaders are focused on the how and not the where. And I know Simon Sinek loves to say the why, which is which is a huge part of a of a powerful vision, but you have to focus on the where. And then the why, sorry, the the how just changes. And and so once I reconnect them to, well, okay, this this idea of your organization is still a possibility. It might take a little longer or it might take a new strategy. It actually reinvigorates them. And, And the one thing that, I mean, I'm doing it now and I've doubled down on it is I have to ground myself in something different on a daily, sometimes multiple times a day. I have to ground myself in something that's different than my environment. Because if, if I'm reacting and believing in my environment, I am not going to do a lot. That's so what's, you,
0: so what's an ahead. example of that? Sorry to interrupt, but ground yourself in something different. So like, how, what's something you've done lately to, to do that?
1: Uh, I can give you a really small example of something um, that I did differently. So my reason for existence, which is a big statement, but my reason for existence is to help people create environments to be their best self. That's, that's what I try and do every day. And when I'm feeling great, that comes really easy. When I'm not feeling great, that kind of gets in my way. And so right now, what I'm having to do is really make sure that I'm getting intentional on how I start my day. For me, that's spiritual. I'm not saying religion. I'm saying spirit. We need to connect to something bigger than ourselves, because I got to tell you, some days, that's what, that's what gets me out of bed. And I don't care if you call it Buddha, Allah, the universe, you know, the new the new language around the universe. You have to connect to something bigger than yourself, and I do. I ground myself in that and I ground myself in my intention every day. So I make it bigger than me and that I just am a conduit. But I've also changed the in, intensity with which I coach because right now people can't they don't have room for intense coaching. Yesterday I talked to this woman and we Chatted. We chatted for 50 minutes. We chatted about her kids. We chatted about her new office setting. It was a really light conversation. And normally my my sort of coach voice would have said, Oh my, like that wasn't purposeful. Like it, be on purpose, be on purpose, Michelle. That was on purpose. It was on purpose to give her a breath of air and she was so grateful for it at the end of the at the end of the 45 minutes. She was so grateful. She was like, I don't have someone to do this with. I go from call to call to call to call to call. And I you just created space for me. And it, it and that grounded her space grounded her. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's the that's the smallest example that I can think of because it's so easy to do to people. Don't don't call your people with a question um, with a critique, with trying to get an update on something, literally call them. And, and look, a lot of people are not good at this. It is amazing to me how many people are in senior leadership positions and are not people people, right? They're, they're numbers people and they're process people and they're tech people. So to have a conversation with one of your staff and just literally go, how's it going? or talking about your sick dog, like you and I started this conversation with me talking about my sick dog. Is it going to change the business? No. But is it going to change who I am? And the stress that I'm feeling in the day? Yeah. And if I'm feeling less stress in the day, I'm more likely to find the room and the motivation to get on with what I need to get done to help the business grow.
0: Yeah, and I think the fact that you're starting each day with spirituality and you're kind of that conduit uh, makes a lot of sense because you have to think that there's you know it's it's not just all about you right and if you make it all about <laughs> you it's uh it's hard it's hard to pull yourself out of the out of the bed in the morning
1: and and get going um do you I think love, can i just sorry to yeah. interrupt you jordan but can i just i love that that's what you said because that really is the point and leaders you know we have some typical shared DNA of our of, of strength, um, of control. And when we let go of it's all about what we think and what we need, we become much more powerful leaders.
0: And you also mentioned how you know, a lot of leaders are numbers driven, process (laughs) driven. I was reading Uh, I think it was an article in Fast Company recently, I think it was written in March of 2021. And they said, leaders are really going to have to display three traits in 2021 to mitigate the extended consequences of the pandemic. And one was humility, two Mm -hmm. was curiosity, and three was integrity. And it was interesting because they also said people are better off when leaders are honest and ethical, rather than immoral, and, and corrupt. So I guess starting from where we are, we just witnessed in uh, the one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful country in the world,
1: well, it a used leader.
0: to be <laughs> Yeah, yeah. A leader that uh, was immoral, and I won't call him corrupt. But people looking up to leaders or leaders looking at other leaders and they see that person doing those things. I always thought about that. And I'm like, how are you supposed to tell kids that you're not supposed to act that way? Do you, do you have anything to say about where, where we were and where we're going in terms of how leaders need to, you know, what traits they need?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you've, you've said a lot there and I- you started this by saying, by asking, um, and how optimistic are you? And then we, I didn't answer that question. And the truth of the matter is I'm actually very optimistic. And one of the things that I believe, cliches become cliches because there's an element of truth in them. And, and, And a cliche that comes to mind for me right now is it's always darkest before the dawn. And so when I see what's going on, in our world on many different levels, I fundamentally believe a shift is in pro- process. So in certainly in my lifetime and not you know just my lifetime because we've had a lot of very bad leaders in the world. Um, but I think that a country um, such as the United States of America can have 50% of its population vote for a leader Like Mr. Trump, there's a message in there. And as much as we want to name call and and call him out, the reality is people need something that is not being provided. And that's how he got into power. And when we pay attention to the need versus the behavior, that's where we can, that's where there will be a shift. Right now, we're paying attention to behavior. But that's the stepping stone towards paying attention to the need. And the most proficient leaders will ignore that, not ignore the behavior, sorry, that was two, but will bypass the behavior and look at what's the need here? Why is this group acting out? Why are our clients acting out? What is, what is the aggressiveness meaning? And we keep trying to manage symptoms instead of root cause. And I think the best of us will say, okay as hard as it is, I'm going to, I'm going to look at root cause. So I think, I think we're on the verge and who knows when, that, when it will come, but I think we're in another transition, you know, like what technology did to us and the automobile did. I, I think we're going to see a big shift in leadership. I, I hope it comes sooner rather than later, but I have to tell you, like I read an article, an interview with Mark Carney, um, the former um, Bank of Canada governor and He's written a book, and and I actually grabbed this quote that he said because I was so I I, I think he's a very smart man, um, and he this is one of his quotes which I got so excited about. One of the major points in the book is about how financial value can change based on what society values, right? Like like wow. Financial value can change based on what society values during the pandemic we've placed more value on our collective health when it comes to the climate crisis the same is true once we set a clear objective that reflects our values we can stabilize the climate and organize the economy around that goal so like honestly like i i get goosebumps when i read that i I, because this is what i try and say to leaders on a daily basis Your values matter. Your vision matters. The financial goals will be an outcome. If your goal and your vision is, is financial, that's how Donald Trump comes into power. Prosperity is not a bad word, but if it's the primary focus, a lot of bad things can happen in making that, that come to fruition. And the fact like a, that a, a guy like Mark Carney is saying this and, and prophesizing about this makes me really excited and optimistic about our future.
0: Thanks for tuning in and be sure to follow, get your shift together on Spotify, subscribe on Apple podcasts. This has been Jordan Harding with Michelle Ferrari, reminding you to get your shift together together. Join us next time.